Welcome back to Texas by Design. I'm Brian Kennedy, the Chief Land Development Officer with Jones & Carter, and I'm here today with Lawrence Dean, the Houston Regional Director of Zonda, formerly known as Metro Study. Well, welcome, Lawrence. Well, thank you, Brian. I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. Well, let's jump into it. Lawrence serves as the face of the data engaging with Zonda's Houston area housing industry members and helping them to make sense of what the data says and how it impacts their businesses. Prior to becoming the Houston Regional Director, Lawrence led a team in Metro Studies consulting business advising diverse clients, including builders, developers, and investors on specific sites and potential development programs. Lawrence has held management roles in land acquisition and development for some of the region's largest builders, including Ryland, KB Home, and Deal Horton. Lawrence also serves on the development committee and board of directors of HomeAid Houston, and serves on the board of directors for Harris County MUD number 478. Well, Lawrence, let's jump into it. So tell me a little bit about how Zonda can help developers make the right decisions with the appropriate data. Absolutely. Uh, at Zonda, ultimately what we do is we help developers understand kind of the art of the possible, what is possible for a future development that they are contemplating. At its core, our data focuses on new home inventory, new and lot supply, as well as uh, demand, current and future. Uh, Zonda information is really leveraged highly during due diligence uh, and underwriting of a potential new deal to really understand, to help that developer and help their lender, help their partners, help their uh, capital stack, understand the market optimal, for lack of a better way to put it, lot sizes, home types, prices and sizes of what can likely be accomplished and achieved in a proposed new home community in a given location. The decisions around community programming, yeah, such as should this neighborhood be primarily 45, 40, 45, 50-foot wide lots, or should it be 60s, 70s, and gated 80s, they really have a profound impact on the ultimate success, financially and otherwise, of the project. Zonda information provides visibility into really just those answers by offering detailed data uh, for surrounding uh, communities and new home programs. Interesting. So obviously Zonda provides a ton of data and a lot of diverse products. So tell me a little bit about the products and services you provide. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Zonda really marries three key data sets. The first is uh, contract sales data down to the builder. We call it project, but it's really the builder program. It's Pulte homes in a certain community on 60-foot wide lots. That's most builders or developers would consider that a building program. We call that a project. Uh, we include on a monthly basis uh, contract sales volumes. Is it two a month? Is it six a month? Uh, for each builder's active new home program in Houston and, and many other large housing markets around the country. Uh, so we've got our contract sales data. Then we've also got, and that really comes from what I'd consider to be the Myers Research Legacy uh, platform. About right at three years ago, Metro Study and Myers Research, we were pri previously uh, primary competitors, and now we're uh, one big happy family merged. And so the, uh, that's, it's been a great uh, partnership and a great marriage, so to speak, and it's really great for our clients and members because they have access to, to a much wider net of data than they used to have. So they've got the Legacy Myers Zonda uh, uh, contract sales data, and then there's the legacy metro study observed 
new home starts and new home closings data, and that is uh, a very manual process where we do actually uh, send an army of field researchers out to go count the houses in each subdivision every quarter. And now, it, yeah, it is 2022. We do have some technological aids that help with that, some uh, aerial photography programs, things of that nature that aid in that effort, but at its core, that's still what the effort is, and that data uh, provides visibility into uh, quarterly and annual new home starts and closings by builder, by subdivision, by community, by lot size, and also looks into inventory of homes under construction as well as completed, and lots on the ground and future lots that are planned. And then finally, there's a third piece of that tripod of data that we can offer, and that is public record data county assessor collector data and deed record-based transactional data uh, that is that we offer not just in the largest housing markets around the country, but really kind of all across the country. Uh, all of that is married into a web-based database that's leveraged by, by most of the uh, production builders, land developers, and bankers uh, in the Houston market and really across the nation. They leverage this information for underwriting and market intelligence. In addition to that, though, uh, Brian, we also offer turnkey advisory or custom consulting, custom market study uh, work doing site-specific, anywhere from site-specific to nationwide assessments for a wide variety of clients, builders, developers, capital, uh, etc. And then finally, we have our events platform, uh, which really presents the widest reaching and really the broadest scope of uh, conferences and events in the housing and in the home building industry. These range from our local uh, frame events uh, that we do each quarter in which you hear from someone like myself uh, giving an update on what's going on in that local market, all the way up to our large-scale national events like Builder 100 and Future Place. I'm excited to announce that actually we'll be hosting in February our first ever Texas Dealmakers Conference, and this is going to be a multifaceted uh, housing industry event uh, that will be of a scale that we really have not seen yet in Houston. There's no no question you guys are the leaders in the housing market data, so that's uh, that's amazing. So I attended one of y'all's housing forecasts, and um, there was a term that came up I've never heard before, which was called Buzz Buzz Home. What is that, and who's the target audience for that? That is a heck of a name, right? Buzz Buzz Home. Well, uh, unlike most of our, really, all of our uh, products and platforms with the exception of Buzz Buzz Home, Buzz Buzz Home is really intended to be a business-to-consumer, consumer-facing product, although the ultimate uh, customers for it are home builders. Uh, it's a web-based service uh, within which builders and developers can advertise both the spec inventory that they have uh, currently available as well as current and upcoming new communities in which they'll be offering uh, new homes. We acquired this company and really in a way it's it's kind of a give back or a thank you to our, our loyal builder and developer clients because it's free for those builders and developers to okay. list their uh, products and list their, uh, their homes on the service. So it's a, basically a competitor to Zillow. I mean, does it have an app with it as well? Uh, it, it's uh, strictly web-based, uh, so it's not uh, exactly okay. an app like a, a okay. Zillow. It It is a competitor to Zillow. Uh, there's other companies that are more directly in that exact space uh, offering new home listings gotcha. to which it's more of a direct competitor. Gotcha. Well, changing subjects a little bit. Sure. But, uh, you know, obviously pandemic is on... The forefront of everybody's mind, but uh, you know, 
can you tell me a little bit about the the positives and the negatives associated with you know the the, the housing market from the pandemic and then also do you think they're temporary or permanent you know maybe you could enlighten us a little bit on that yeah absolutely and those are key topics of discussion as you can imagine Brian uh, the impacts of the pandemic and and I I hate to say this because I, I feel that I you know am sounding as though I'm making light of a very serious and tragic uh, situation yeah. but the pandemic has been good to housing yeah. uh, there's really no uh, no two ways about it uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive for the home building industry, the development industry, and, and you know, individual homeowners like you and I who may uh, have a home that we need to sell. Now, if we have a home we need to buy, maybe it's not, <laughs> not quite so as positive right now. Exactly, exactly. New home demand uh, really across the nation and definitely in Houston and in Texas has reached peak levels uh, that really have not been seen since the 06, 2006 to 2007 uh, housing boom immediately before the Great uh, Recession uh, happening right after that. And fortunately, unlike that boom, this volume uptick has not been driven by risky subprime mortgages. Uh, instead, it's been driven by much more solid fundamentals around demographics. Uh, you know, I hate to uh, use the cliches around baby boomers and millennials because it seems like that's all anybody talks about in the housing business and has been for several years, but uh, you know, the millennials and baby boomers have, have definitely uh, come through strongly in terms of uh, being demand sources for new homes. Uh, so solid fundamentals around demographics, migration, uh, rising home equity uh, for people that already had a home to sell before they bought a new one, uh, and coupling that with extremely low interest rates. People suddenly facing working from home while schooling from home and while doing, well, everything else from home as well, quickly reevaluated their housing needs, and that pushed many households to upgrade to a larger home that better suited this new normal and these new needs. People also migrated to other parts of the city they lived in, or the region, or the state, or even the nation, as employers became and, and are still continuing to be more flexible around working from home. Housing is cyclical in nature, though, so in that sense, these changes are to some degree more temporary than, than permanent. Housing cycle, cycles almost always ebb and flow. However, as employers are making more permanent changes around work from home policies and, and hybrid flex policies, the need for homes and locations that better accommodate that type of lifestyle, that's likely to be a more permanent impact. Another impact, though, kind of on the negative side, uh, more so than positive, is the continued supply chain disruptions and building material shortages. This dynamic's impacted nearly every industry. All you've got to do is drive by new car dealerships and see how empty their lots are to know that uh, it's not just housing, but it definitely is housing. I've uh, heard several uh, senior operators, so kind of a division president or a vice president of construction within the home building side of building companies discuss it, describe it as whack-a-mole. Uh, this week, we don't have windows. Next week, oh, we have windows, we don't have paint. Uh, and it's just been, you know, it's a silly example, but it's also pretty spot on. Unfortunately, it's just been that way for the last, you know, 18 months. Uh, that's resulted in an environment in home building that's increasingly more and more difficult to get a home built on time and definitely on budget. Cycle times, which is what a production builder refers to as how long it takes them to get a home built, have increased significantly, you know, as have costs. This impact is likely, or maybe, maybe hopefully, more temporary in nature and is expected at some point in the future to begin to ease.
Interesting. You know, I've, <clears throat> all of the data that y'all provide, obviously you show a lot of the national data. And, um, you know, Texas has obviously been performing pretty well. But, but what's your explanation for why Texas is the preeminent housing market? Well, Texas is definitely the preeminent housing market. Uh, four of the top ten metro areas across the nation in terms of annual new home starts, new for sale home starts, are within Texas. Four out of ten. DFW, Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. This has everything to do with uh, tremendous job and population growth in Texas. Uh, all of that can be attributed to a relatively affordable market. Uh, places like Houston and Dallas are not maybe as affordable as they used to be, but relatively speaking, still very affordable. Affordability, a more manageable uh, regulatory environment, and overall a high quality of life really continue to drive this growth uh, within the uh, major regions in Texas among the top 25 largest U.S. metro areas in terms of population. Houston and DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth, are essentially tied for seeing the greatest percentage growth of population between 2010 and 2020. Uh, you know, the U.S. Census not too uh, uh, long ago uh, released their 2020 census findings and that was just a treasure trove of uh, demographic information for all these metro areas and uh, coming out of that you know, we saw that both Houston and DFW in that 10-year uh, period saw right at 20%, uh, yes, decade over decade, if it's not year over year, uh, population growth. That means that in that time, Houston's population grew by 1.2 million people, the Houston region, yeah, not yeah. the city, and DFW grew by nearly 1.3 million people. Uh, looking in terms of new home starts, annual new home starts growth in uh this most recent year, uh, over the previous year, DFW saw 42% new home storage growth, and Houston saw 25%. Austin and San Antonio both saw uh, within the low to mid 30s uh, percentage-wise year over year, so just tremendous growth uh, overall. DFW saw over 55,000 new home starts annually, and Houston's over 43,000. Big numbers. Wow. So generally, how far in the future is your data used to, to make decisions around consumers' businesses, uh, developers and builders? And then also, maybe you can give me a little bit of the crystal ball look into 2022, <laughs> particularly for the Houston region. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Uh, so Zonda's data is used by developers to formulate decisions that really can be multi-decade in nature. Mm -hmm. you know, local to Houston, think about how long uh, how long you have been able to uh, buy a new home in Siena Plantation, now Siena, and you still can and will be able to for probably uh, another decade from now. Think about Bridgeland. Uh, this, it's a nearly 14,000 acre community in total, and it'll likely have a 25 to 30 plus year total build out time frame. Well, data from Zonda and previously Metro Study was used uh, in the initial underwriting work before the community ever came to fruition, and it's still used today by Howard Hughes to tweak and fine-tune their community and business planning uh, on an annually and quarterly uh, basis. Uh, so it can be very long-term uh, in terms of the ramifications of how that data is used. Now, uh, regarding your other question, uh, the health of the Houston housing market for 2022, uh, in spite of the whack-a-mole and the other uh, challenges of getting the homes built uh, that I've already described, uh, in, in spite of that, it should be another very good year. 
2021, uh, looking to have around 40 to 43,000 annual new home starts in Houston. 2022, uh, we're expecting uh, maybe a little less than that, 35 to, to 40,000. That decline, though, is not a demand-driven situation. It's a supply-constrained uh, driven situation, and, and more than anything else, that's actually lot supply uh, driven. Uh, that said, at 35 to 40,000 new home starts on an annual basis, on a 12-month period, that's still a phenomenal market in Houston. Uh, if, if you think about what a normal good, certainly not bad, but a normal good kind of things are running the way they normally do type of housing market in Houston, you know, 2018 and 2019 come to mind as a kind of a benchmark like that we'd see 28 to maybe 30,000 new home starts. And if we saw that volume, uh, everybody would be happy. Everybody was in uh, 2018 and 2019. And my uh, forecast for 2022 that is down from 2021, much higher than that, 35 to 40,000. So to put it in that context, still still a good year for Houston is wow. expected. Wow, fun times ahead. It should be, yes. <laughs> it has been uh, for the last 18 to 20 months and expect more of the same. So Lawrence, one, one additional question. Um, you know, from a lot of the data that we've seen in the past, you know, home inventory supply has typically been the data that's used for determining if the market is, the housing market's great or not so great. And typically it's been like a six month supplies, the balanced market. I think for the last, you know, what, maybe four or five years, we've been, you know, south of three. I think we're south of two at this particular time. Mm -hmm. But there's there's data that's more sophisticated data that's been used here recently or talked about recently, which is vacant developed lots, VDL. Can you tell us a little bit about that data? Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually been one of the data points that Metro Study and now Zonda has always focused uh, most greatly on uh, because it has a pretty profound impact, good, bad, or otherwise, to the uh, feasibility and underwriting of new developments. So in our uh, language that we speak, lots of strange things, VDL, MOS, uh, all these things, uh, VDL is vacant developed lots. Uh, that would be what your engineers, Jones and Carter, would refer to as a substantially complete lot because you can legally uh, and, and uh, logistically build a new home on it, start building a new home on it, but nobody has yet. So it's a vacant developed lot. In Houston, typically, we see the equilibrium condition for VDL uh, to be, uh, and so this is the market condition in which neither the builder nor the developer, uh, so neither the buyer nor the seller, has uh, you know an undue advantage uh, or a greater advantage than normal. We see that equilibrium for VDL to be 20 to 24 months of supply. Gotcha. Uh, you all know probably better than I do, uh, your, uh, land development civil engineers definitely do, that it's taking longer and longer to get lots approved, developed, you know, all of the same issues with building homes probably apply to uh, the, the production of lots. And sure. so that coupled with the fact that nobody back in 2019 or January of 2020 expected that we would see year over year new home starts growth of 25, 30, 35% uh, that we were about to jump on this rocket ship. Nobody expected that. And so as a result, those lots that might have, that would come online and reach substantial completion at some point in 2020 or in some point in 2021, uh, they would, the, the planning for the production of those lots uh, was assuming that we'd have another 28, 29, 30,000 uh, start a year market. And uh, that's not what we've seen. So as a result, 
we are at record low months of supply and record tightness, I guess you could say, in terms of inventory of vacant developed lots. Again, equilibrium's 20 to 24 months of supply. In Houston, each of the last uh, three quarters, I have said that well, this is the lowest months of supply that we have ever seen of VDL in Houston. Three quarters ago, it was 12.5. Two quarters ago, it was almost 11. And right now, it is at 9.9. .9. Remember, equilibrium is 20 to 24 months of supply. So that 9.9 .9 is slightly less than half of the lower bound of equilibrium. So just really tight lot market conditions. And we have quite a bit of visibility into future planned lots and uh, stages of development in which they currently are and uh, when it looks like they will deliver. And that data is pointing to us that we will likely be in a similar condition like this into 2022. Awesome. Well, look forward to the future. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, Lawrence, it's really been nice to sit down with you and get your perspective on a lot of these topics. And uh, so I look forward to talking to you in the future. Well, thank you, Brian. It's, it's truly been my pleasure to be here. Thank you again for having me. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of Texas by Design. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to like this episode or give us a five-star rating. We also ask that you share this episode with friends and colleagues that might find it valuable. Please subscribe to our episodes or podcasts on YouTube or wherever you consume your podcasts. Thank you again for joining us on Texas by Design, and we look forward to seeing you in the future.